This is the GGC Life Podcast. You know, we're talking about um, how to live a supernatural lifestyle. We're talking about not by our might, not by our power, but by His Spirit. So we're going we're gonna to speak on the benefits that come through prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. So it's really, really it's powerful because God has given us this powerful tool called fasting. I believe it's like a weapon, but if you and I don't use the tool called fasting, it's like the weapon's on the ground and we're getting attacked by the enemy. We don't use the weapon that God has given us. It is an actual powerful weapon in our hands. So we're going to talk about it, try to get practical tips. And, um, because we're moving into a corporate fast for the whole church on the 13th of February to the 19th. And of course you can do, you know, our, our encouragement to you as a family is um, do something with the fast. But, you know, I'll talk about that in a moment, but, but get involved because it's our togetherness as a family of God, as children of the King, where we're going to, as a body, we're going to pursue the face of the Father. And we're, pre- we're pretty much saying, God, we want everything you have for us. We want all that you've got for us. And we, so we will, we will pay the price. We will discipline ourselves. Remember what the word disciple is. It means disciplined one. You're a disciple of Jesus. So I'm speaking to disciples of Jesus this morning, okay? No, I'm serious. Because if you hear this message about fasting and, in, in, and you don't do anything in any way to fast, in any way, I'm talking about in any small way, then this message is actually a waste of time for you. True? If you think, oh, that's not for me, I'm, I'm not, I'm gonna, it's not, I don't fast. Then, you know, because we're going to get into the Word of God because you're a follower of Jesus, you're not a follower of me, you're not a follower of the church or GGC Life or anything like that. You follow Jesus. And that's why we go to the Word of God, we go to the words of Jesus, and He's our Lord. And, we, and if He said we should fast, He didn't say if you should fast. That's the first thing we're going to look at. Okay, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, if you've got your Bibles, Jesus says, whenever you fast. Everybody say, whenever. whenever. It's another way of saying when you fast. It didn't say if you choose to fast. That would give you an option not to fast. But whenever you fast. And, and, I'm, and, and before I move on, um, if you have a physical illness, then you probably need to consult with your doctor. You shouldn't go just fast with, you know, without proper direction. If you're pregnant, I would encourage you not to fast. So if you're pregnant right now, don't think, oh, this is for me, I need to fast. No, definitely not. Eat some food. You're, you're, you're giving life to another human being. And so um, when, if you're pregnant, wait until you finish your pregnancy. But it still applies to you for your whole life. So we're talking about a lifestyle of fasting and prayer. And again, even if it's one meal, start with one meal. Even if it's, well, I can't do, for some reason you just can't operate whatsoever, then start with, do vegetables. You can do a whole week of vegetables without bread, without sweets, without stuff like that, all the nice things, coffee maybe, and other things. Whatever the Lord eventually tells you what to, to abstain from. But just abstaining from those things is a powerful thing. If you, if, you do, if you do a Daniel fast, which is pretty much fruit and vegetables, and, you know, and, and some you know, beans and wheat, possibly, if you, if you believe that's that. Um, but, but fruit and vegetables without all the other things around it, you'll be surprised, because he did that for about 21 days. 21 days of eating that, you'll be surprised how hard it is. You might go, oh, that's not hard. That's easy. I'm a vegetarian anyway. Well, then get rid of all the sweets, get rid of all the sugar, get rid of everything else, and um, you'll be surprised if you're used to the other food that will be fasted for you. The other things you can do is fast TV. 
Fast Netflix, fast Facebook, fast social media, all together. Fast your mobile phone, all together. I mean, that would be powerful. All of a sudden you go, wow, I've got lots of time to spend time with God. I'm going to try to show you the benefits behind fasting. It's so, so powerful. Jesus, like he said, whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. Basically, they don't wash their face. They walk out going, they want you to ask, what's wrong with you? I'm fasting. So they're not doing it for God. They're doing it to please man. Right? And Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, they got their reward in full. But you, when you, when you fast, there it is again, not if you fast, but when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, you know, make yourself presentable so that your fasting will not be seen by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. What the Father sees in secret, He'll reward you openly. Um, just remember that Jesus this, is, this blows me away. Jesus fasted for 40 days. You know that. Everybody must know that. But think of this. He was without sin. Had no sin. He was completely obedient to the Father. Had no sin, but still chose to fast 40 days. That, that tells me a lot. That says, wow, there's something in that. Why did you have to start? Why did the Lord, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Has no sin, but he still is led by the Holy Spirit to fast for 40 days, 40 nights. The Bible says, if you read it in Luke um, uh, chapter 3, I think it is, you can find it in, um, I thought I wrote it down, but no, I didn't. But Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit when he got baptized by John the Baptizer. Then the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. The power here was that he passed the temptation. He walked in obedience when the temptation came. After 40 days and 40 nights, the Bible says he was hungry after it. So somehow supernaturally, God sustained him and he wasn't hungry in his fast for 40 days, 40 nights. That might sound it's impossible, but we're talking about a supernatural thing. And after that, the Bible says the devil came to him and said, Hey, if you're the son of God, turn this bread into stone. It was after that he was hungry. He passed the tests, all the temptations. And after that, the Bible says when he finished that, he came with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, sorry, the power of the Holy Spirit. Before the fast, fullness of the Holy Spirit. After the fast, the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, without sin, did it before he started his ministry. Before he went out to do what God the Father told him to do. Before he went to all the towns and his own uh, town of Nazareth and would open up to Isaiah 61 and say the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me he's anointed me to heal the sick to preach the good news to the poor to the oppressed to open up the blind eyes he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights it says something powerful about fasting we have a tool we have a weaponry in our arsenal but it's on the ground for most of us for most of us it's on a shelf and we might use it every now and then but I'm asking us to use it when the Holy Spirit leads you to use it because it's a powerful thing, and I believe in these last days, the church is going to rise up with so much power and authority. I really believe the Lord's going to walk into gatherings like these ones and all around the world. The Lord himself will rise and walk in amongst us, and every single person will be healed. 
Not a man laying hands on you, but I'm saying the Lord walks in and every person, because of His presence, is so powerful and glory manifests that everyone just healed. Now, obviously, you still have to release your faith. You still have to, you still have to stretch your faith out like the woman touched the hem of His garment. There's still faith involved, even when the, walk, the Lord walks past. Because he can heal one person and the other person doesn't get healed because they're, they're just not tuned in. They're not tapped in. They're not even asking. So there is faith involved. But we're talking about getting ourselves prepared and, and, and our, prepared our vessels so that we can hear what God already wants to say. Jesus said in Matthew 17, 21, remember the, 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 the boy that was demon-possessed and would, the demon would throw him into the fire to kill him, into the water sometimes. And this, this father brought this little boy to the disciples. They prayed for him and prayed for him and prayed for him and could not set him free. Then Jesus comes down from the mountain, mountain of transfiguration, where he was in the presence of God. Moses and Elijah shows up, the glory cloud comes. Jesus comes down from that encounter with God, comes down and he says, oh, you have little faith. How long do I have to be with this perverse generation? And they brought that little boy to him. He cast him out like that. Person, little boy got set free. But now, after when they had some time for dinner that afternoon, that evening, they said, Why couldn't we cast him out? Jesus said, This type does not come out except through prayer and fasting. So there are certain breakthroughs, there are certain things that you will face that you won't get set free from unless you are willing to get into a place of prayer and fasting. And it's always prayer with fasting. If you just fast, then you're going into a starvation mode. If you fast without praying, you're just starving yourself. So we're not talking just, oh, I'm not going to do it without food and God will see my sacrifice and God will hear my prayer. No, it's not about him seeing your sacrifice. It doesn't change God. It changes you. It doesn't change God's willingness to heal. It doesn't change God's willingness to touch you or set you free or, or answer your prayer. It doesn't change his willingness. It changes your vessel and gets rid of the gunk, gets rid of the distraction, gets rid of the, the, the thoughts, that you know, the unbelief, the doubt and all that stuff. It gets rid of everything that's not of God. It cleanses you from that so that you could hear God what he already wanted to do. It's clear. It's so clear in the Bible. That's exactly how it works. Esther, as you know the story, a national breakthrough because the children of Israel, the Jewish people were about to be annihilated, were about to be killed. And she, had to, she said, let's pray and fast. Tell everyone else to pray and fast for a great deliverance because I'm going to approach the king. I could get killed myself. He could, if he doesn't you know, put out the scepter he, and I approach him without his permission, they can kill me. So she risks her life, but not without prayer and fasting. And the whole nation got delivered. So there's something powerful about together praying and fasting in our togetherness. And again, if you think, Leo, I, I, I work and I can't fast because it's a physical job, then do a Saturday. Do one day. Do something with the whole family, with the whole, you know, to, in our togetherness. Do, do what can work. All right. These are the things that I believe fasting does to our walk. And again, it might not be a nice, encouraging, uplifting message, but it will be the most beneficial message for you. And again, if you put it into practice. Please don't turn Jesus off, the word off, and go, well, that's not for me. I don't want to fast. And maybe you used to fast. You know, the Lord said to me, you're going to share on fasting. I want you to fast. And I said, oh, I don't want to fast. My flesh still doesn't want to fast. My flesh, does, I love food. If you know me, I love food. The Lord said, no, I don't want you to eat yesterday, uh, Saturday. All day Saturday, don't eat and, and, and don't eat Sunday morning. Oh, Lord. All right. 
And my son Ezekiel chooses that day on Saturday to make back stra- what do you do? Did you make beef cheek tacos? Melted the meat until it was soft and breaking off. And I had that Sunday, last night. I mean, how beautiful that was. But I didn't. I wanted to. But the sacrifice of letting that go and, and allowing my body, my flesh, weakens when I don't feed it. And I feed my spirit. My spirit gets stronger. So there's a lot of, a lot of benefits when this happens. Number one benefit when, the, when you start to fast is it renews your spiritual vision of Jesus. It makes you see him as he really is. How does this happen? In many ways, obviously. But the reason why it happens is basically is you, you are choosing to fast. Now, it depends on the, the length of your fast, of course. So we're talking about any length between a whole one meal to one day to two days to three days. And some practical tips with that. If you want to go more than three days, I would encourage you to wean off coffee for five days before you start. Not just coffee, wean off sugar, wean off soft drinks as much as you can. If you wean off that for five days, more likely, and drink lots of water when you fast, you won't get a headache. But most people will get headaches because it's a coffee headache, a sugar, it's all the toxics coming out. So the first three days is the hardest. But you can't make it easier for yourself if you wean off for a week, cut off all that stuff. A week's even better than five days. And by the time you fast, if you want to do three days or five days, because three to five days is the hardest part. If you do, you know, after five days, the toxics leave you, uh, you know, your body and all that. And you, it's not so, you don't get headaches. And you actually get clearer. Your mind gets clearer. Your mind gets sharper. And you don't feel so hungry, usually. If you do get hungry pains, drink some water. Drink a whole glass of water. That'll be your meal. But it helps. And it'll give you, um, once the five days is through, you'll be surprised how much easier it is in the first few days. I've been through many, many fasts. Um, and some long fasts, and I'm telling you, the first three days, five days, sometimes the hardest, and, and you're not even motivated. Sometimes you don't even feel like reading. You're trying to read, and you're tired, and you're unclear, and all that stuff, and you're just hard to read. But after five days, you'll be surprised how much God's speaking to you. And it happens so ever, the best way I can explain it to you, it happens so ever gradually, sometimes you don't realize how much your spirit is being fed. Sometimes you don't realize how much of the presence of God you're drinking in. You don't realize how much of the word that's coming in. It's just so, but you start to feel in these, what happens to me, if ever I go on a good long fast, I start to almost get agitated with unbelief. I get agitated. What, why haven't I believed this like this? Why don't we just believe for miracles? What's wrong with the church? Why, and that's okay. That's a good feeling because it creates a hunger to press into him. It creates, it's a hunger. That something's not right. Why do, why do we have so much belief, unbelief? Why do I have so much unbelief? Why have I not believed you for the miraculous like I should have? And then it, it creates a lot of things. But what it does do is gives you a clear vision of who Jesus is. Because you are not feeding your flesh, the way it works is your flesh gets weaker. If it gets physically weaker, it's not as loud. You know, remember when Jesus says the spirit is willing? but the flesh is weak. Now he's referring to the flesh being weak in the area of listening to the voice of God because it doesn't want to listen to the voice of God. But when you don't feed your flesh, it physically gets weaker, therefore your spirit gets stronger. Does that make sense? In Galatians um, chapter 5, it says, the spirit 
desires against the things of the flesh, and the flesh desires against the things of the spirit, so that we don't do the things that we want to do. So the flesh has its desires, and it wants to, it desires things that the spirit doesn't want, but the spirit desires things that the flesh doesn't want. It's at war with each other. That's why the flesh is weak. The reason why the flesh is weak is because it's loud with its fleshly desires. So when you choose not to eat, it's a great discipline against the desires of your flesh. It's letting your spirit rule and reign and take dominion and say, no, you will not just get everything you want. Does that make sense? You're telling your flesh, I will take dominion. I will rule over you. I know you want to eat, but you're not going to eat until this day. That's a powerful thing. It's a powerful discipline because it helps you when the devil does try to tempt you when your flesh, you say, no, I'm not going to give in to that appetite because you've trained yourself. You've created a, a habit, a lifestyle that the flesh doesn't rule you, you rule the flesh. Does that make sense? Most of the religions of the world probably can agree with this, is fasting. They will, they will have some fasting in it. Some religions don't do it the right way. I don't call it a fast only because it's, you can eat after sundown or so. So you, know, you can stuff your face at that time every single day. So I don't, I don't think that's a fast. I mean, Jesus, Jesus did it. Elijah did it for 40 days. Moses did it for 40 days. Jesus did it. For, it's phenomenal. And they operated in so much power because your flesh got weaker. Your spirit got, gets louder. And so when you choose, again, let's talk about uh, uh, something longer than five days. You'll be surprised how much time it takes just to cook a meal prepare a meal, sit down and eat the meal, then clean up after the meal. It probably, I, I worked out in my mind, probably a three-hour thing a day. That's my guesstimate. You might think, well, I don't, I don't cook three meals now. I go out. Well, you still got to drive half an hour to that place, sit down and eat, and then get back to where you were. Like, take an hour off that day. Take an hour off another day. Like, it's two or three hours a day. Those hours spend time in God's Word. So we're not talking about just starving yourself. We're talking about spending time with the Lord and He feeds you. You start to get fed with His Word and His presence and praying in the Spirit and praying in tongues and worshipping Him and, and going for walks. Whatever you do to, to, to connect with God, get in the Word. Let the Word wash over you. It cleanses you. And then because you have cut off, like when you're going on a fast, you should be cutting off, again, a long fast, cut off movies, Netflix, games, Facebook, um, just cut off all that stuff because you're, you're, what you're saying is I want a concentrated time to seek your face. If it's one day, do it for that one day. If it's two days, do it for that two days. If it's three days, do it for those three days. But you're concentrating and say, that's it, God. I'm putting this time aside just for you. And because of this happens, the stuff that you would have fed that's no longer there, you're feeding yourself with the Word, you start to see Him as He really is. And I can't explain it any other way. You just to see, and you see how beautiful he is. You see how loving he is. And, you, and you, your eyes see the beauty of the Lord because you're beholding him through his word. You're beholding him through worship. You're looking at him. You're saying, God, I want you. I, I desire you. Praying. Something powerful about praying. It yields your members, your mind, your thoughts, your emotions to God. It yields yourself to God. When I'm not in a prayerful state, I'm not in a, and I've been prayerless, I don't feel like praying. I don't, I don't want to seek God. But when I discipline my flesh, and no, you will. You need to pray. You have to pray. I get myself before God, and I start to pray. All those thoughts, those emotions, the distractions come off. I start to see the Lord as He really is. And He is magnificently beautiful. The Bible says the entrance of your word brings light. So the, and the revelation knowledge gives, uh, gives your spirit light, and His light is 
it envisions you to see him. Just by being in his word. The entrance of your word is a lamp unto my feet, a, a light to my pathway. So what's happening? The word's bringing light in to see him as he really is. And we fast to know him. I've, I must say, like I wrote down wrong motives of fasting. And God uses these wrong motives sometimes. He's done it with me for many, many years. <laughs> Listen to this. Fasting to get power. Fasting so, you know, to get deliverance so you get power to deliver people. Fasting to be more anointed so your ministry can grow or so you can grow, so you can ultimately succeed more in ministry. These are all well and good, but the greatest motive to fast and pray is to draw closer to God. Because sometimes you might think, you know, you get these motives that, oh, I'm going to, and that's okay. God uses it. Like, you know, the fact is God created us to want to succeed, to win, to, to be successful. So we're going to pay the price, be disciplined, so we can get ourselves in that place to succeed. But if it's your only motive is to grow, to be anointed, to be power, have power, I don't think it's the best motive. I believe the best motive is, Lord, I want to know you. Because in knowing God, you'll get power. In knowing him, you'll be anointed. In knowing him, you'll have power and anointing to heal the sick. So our motive is to know him. The second thing that happens in our seeking him in fasting is it gives us clarity in vision of our calling. Because you spend time with him and you're his son and his daughter, he shows you your identity. He shows you the way he sees you. And you start to see your inheritance. So because you see your inheritance, you actually want your inheritance. You want what he's paid for. You want his life. You want his will. You want his plan. Because you've spent time with the one who loves you, he starts to give you a desire for his calling, his destiny, his plan for your life. And sometimes I've got to let go of this world. I've got to let go of the things that this world can offer me. I don't want this anymore. I want you. But you've got to see how good that is to give up the, what the world's given you. You've got to see that the life with the calling of God and the destiny, following the plan that God has for me is way better than this life that the world can offer you. But it's spending time with Him. Fasting will help you see those things. If you're unclear about the road, you've got a couple of roads to take. I don't know if I take this one or that way. Spend some time praying and fasting. Get before God. Let the flesh completely die. So the voices of the flesh are totally gone. Selfish ambition is totally gone. So that all you want, I want your will. Lord, I want to please you. That's what happens when you start to fast. When you fast like this, it purifies our hearts as well. The whole process starts to purify our hearts. Um, again, because you're weakening the flesh by not feeding it. And I'm talking about some long fasts. When you go into a long fast, your flesh gets so weak and you're filling up with the Word and spending time in His presence, and you start to see your... See, because light comes in, darkness starts to come out. And darkness starts to surface so you can repent of it. Yeah. It, it surfaces, oh, yuck, I, I can't believe I had that motive. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry about that. Forgive me for being distracted. I find myself, when I'm in those times of seeking the Lord through prayer and fasting, I say, Lord, forgive me for that. I'm so sorry I wasted time. Sorry for the distraction. I'm so sorry, Lord. Sometimes I've, I found myself saying, sorry for idolizing you. What? You idolize the Lord? Anytime I use the Lord for my benefit, it's like I'm idolizing Him. I'm using Him for me. But I don't want to use the Lord for my benefit. I want to serve Him and please Him, even when if it costs me things in this world, reputation, it costs me my life. I want to serve Him for who He is. But I won't want to do that unless I see His love. And that's what happens when you're praying fast. You draw close to Him and it starts to purify your hearts. I find myself repenting when I fast and pray, which is a good thing. Acts 3 verse 19 says, Repent, 
therefore, and be converted, be transformed, so that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So when you repent, the times of refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. And the, re- the word refreshing means a recovery of breath. Some of us are running out of breath. Some of us, and remember, God is breath. The word spirit means breath. The breath of God, the spirit of God, the breath. Remember the word Yahweh? Yahweh. Every time you breathe, every time any human breathes, any human that breathes goes, Yahweh. They speak the name of God. Because his name, his, the word spirit means breath. And it's a recovery of the breath of God. If you go for a long run and you run out of breath, it's not a good feeling. <laughs> You don't want to do anything else but catch your breath. And that's some of us need that in our spiritual walk. You just got to catch your breath. And repentance gets you into the presence of God where you can let the breath of God breathe over you and you recover your breathing. That's the life of God coming back into your spirit. Happens through repentance. Number three, another thing that I love fasting, what it does is it brings a holy brokenness. When you fast, it weakens your flesh. It strengthens your spirit through feeding your spirit. His word is drinking. I'm saying the same thing on purpose because I want you to get what happens when you fast. Therefore, what happens because you're spending time with God, there's a brokenness that happens, but it's not a brokenness that you feel broken in any way. You actually don't feel broken. You feel whole, but you've got a deep revelation. This is what happens in my brokenness before God. I've got a deep revelation in my surrenderedness, when I abandoned myself and I'm completely abandoned, completely surrendered, I realized, God, without you, I'm broken. That's what I mean by brokenness. I know without you, I'm absolutely broken. But with you, I'm whole. That's, how, that's my sense of brokenness. It's almost, it's almost like with you, I can do, without you, I can do nothing. This is my, my feeling when I get in God's presence. I empty myself of Him. And it's this, when we say, uh, um, I pour out my heart or I empty myself. Some people say, I feel undone. It's almost like you, you, what you sense is, Lord, without you, I know I can do nothing. It's a beautiful place to be. But with you, I can do all things. That's a sense of brokenness that I'm talking about. That actually what I believe actually happens is pride gets out of your life. Pride is emptied. So that comes, the next point is humbling ourselves through fasting. Psalms 35 verse 13 says, this is what David said, but as for me, when they were sick, my clothes, like he's talking about his enemies who are coming against him, I put on clothing of sackcloth and repentance. I humbled my soul with fasting. So it's a powerful thing. You can humble your soul through fasting. And I don't know about you, if you know anything about humility, humility is one of the greatest powerful attributes you can have in the kingdom. Because you can't have authority without humility. You can't have humility without authority. When Rick Joyner had a vision of heaven, he went to the throne, he saw, um, he had, a, 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 he saw, um, sorry, sorry he, had, he had raggedy clothes on. But as he walked into the throne, all the glorious saints and angels bowed down. And, they, and he, he said, what's happening? He goes, you've got the cloak of humility on. Because it looked shabby, it looked ugly in the spirit, but he walked in humility. And people were honoring. The Bible says, honor, uh, honor comes after humility. Humility is a powerful thing. Doesn't the Bible say, you humble yourselves before God and in due season, He'll exalt you. When you and I humble ourselves. That's the kingdom. It's an upside down kingdom. Jesus 
came from heaven, emptied himself of the privilege of being God, became a man, even a servant, and came even to the point of death, given up his life for us on the cross. And because he humbled himself to the lowest place, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, God highly exalted him far above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow. He humbled himself the most. He, he, he's got the exalted place at the right hand of the Father. So fasting is a powerful tool. Don't let that sword of the Spirit lie down. It's a powerful tool to bring us into a place of humility before God. Again, depending on how long fast you want to go into, it, you can empty yourself of pride. What a beautiful thing. And I, 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 pride stinks. Do you know what that does? And do you know pride stinks in the heart of God? God smells pride and he resists the pride. Even you don't like pride. When someone comes in full of pride and arrogance and just think they're God's gift to the whole world, you just you detest that. God does too. One of the greatest revelations I feel should come to the body of Christ. Paul writes, writes this in 1 Corinthians. I think it's chapter 3. He says, why do you boast as if you didn't receive it? Everything you have, you've received from somebody else. So why do you act like you didn't receive it? That's what Paul says. Even though all revelations is yours, but every revelation you're walking in right now, you received it from someone. If it's not a man, it's, it's, a, it's Paul the Apostle when you read it, if, 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 or Jesus when you read it. Or if it's not a man, it's the Holy Spirit. You didn't come up with the truth. You got it. You received it. So stay humble. But humility, humility is powerful. You want power in the spirit realm? Get rid of your pride. And fasting is a powerful tool because you don't know your, the pride that we have until you fast. You really, we really don't. Please hear my heart. I'm just saying the tools we have in our hands. I believe when you pick up that sword and you, you couple it together with prayer and fasting, I believe it connects to the spirit realm and then lightning bolts comes out of that sword. That's how powerful it is. In the spirit realm, 100% brilliant rays of light to cast out darkness because you've connected it to your spirit. Your spirit, the Bible says, that, you know, we are, our, our spirit speaks and when our spirit speaks the word of God, that's the weapon, that's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the Bible says. The word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. It's in Ephesians chapter 6. Amen. Jesus destroys the last war of wars, the Armageddon war, when he comes back from the horse, with his, he's, climbing, he's coming back from heaven in his white horse of all the saints with him. The Bible says he destroys the nations in the Armageddon war with a sword that comes from his mouth. Speaks one word, finishes it all. For him to rule and reign in Jerusalem. That's how powerful we're talking about. That's how powerful the spirit realm is. You with me? It's a place where we can humble ourselves. It's a place where we release spiritual guidance. Again, you're, you're tuning your spirit to hear God because you're weakening the flesh by not feeding it, spending time in God's presence, in His Word, in worship, in prayer, in tongues. I mean, you're spending time with God. So it sharpens your, it tunes you in to the voice of God. He never stops speaking. If you can't pick up a radio station, you don't ring the radio station and say, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you broadcasting today? You probably will assume something's wrong with your receiver. So there's something wrong with our receiver. God's speaking. But we've got to tune in our receiver. And in our corporate time, in our prayer fasting together on the 13th, it's going to help us tune in to all that God has for us.
doesn't change what God has for us. It doesn't even change his willingness to give it to us. It just changes our, we tune in, we get rid of the gunk, get rid of the junk, get rid of the stuff that's in the way in our channel and say, Lord, I get rid of that. I can hear you clearly. It gives us guidance. Number six, it subdues the flesh, which I've spoken to a lot about. But Romans chapter 6, verse 19, For as you have yielded your members, servants, to uncleanliness, in other words, you've yielded, yielded your bodies to uncleanliness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your bodies, servants, to righteousness unto holiness. And there's another one that actually says that in Romans, sorry, let me read that. That's the one I, I wanted to read as well. Romans chapter Romans chapter 8. I changed it in my mobile, but I didn't change it in my iPad. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit... By getting closer to the Spirit, spending time in God's presence, fasting, weakening the flesh, get close to the Lord. Do mortify, put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. It's a way to subdue the flesh. If you have problems with your flesh and the desires of your flesh and leading you to sin, and it's, it's actually taking dominion over you, then choose to fast and pray and it'll give you the dominance over your flesh. It'll weaken your flesh enough, again, depending how long you want to fast, enough time to create the right habits of obedience. It's a powerful tool in our weaponry. Don't, it's not just willpower. It's like, I'm just going to willpower it out. Mm-hmm, willpower. It's not willpower. It's this humbling, yielding, surrendering. And when you, cho- when you and I choose to fast, it brings us close to the Father. It's a beautiful thing. We, we've got so many things. Heightens our spiritual awareness. And not just about God, but even with demons, evil spirits. And even when you're speaking to people, you can sense the root issue rather than the fruit problem. You can sense things just automatically. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. Your spiritual awareness becomes so sensitive. You'll pick up things in the Spirit. You'll make a phone call. You'll pick up things in the Spirit and give a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. It just becomes natural because you've tuned in by weakening the flesh, feeding the Spirit. The, the, I, I, I really need to stop, but... If you fast long enough, it'll clear your mind. It gives clarity to your thoughts. I mean, how does that happen? It just does. There's, there's medical science behind it. There's a lot of people that are unsaved in the medical world that are tapping into fasting, where the body eventually, ketone mode or something, it, it, once it's eaten up everything and eaten up all your fat, it goes to tumours, dead cells, disease cells, and it eats up, that up. It's, health, it's actually a healthy thing to do. It gives your body rest. You don't do it for the health reasons, but I'm just telling you there's a lot of health reasons, health benefits, but that's not why we do it. So my encouragement to us as a church is start somewhere. I started with one, uh, actually breakfast and lunch, and I thought to myself, I'll eat at 6 p.m. When I first got saved at the age of 19, never done it before in my life. I thought it's going to be hard, and it was hard. I walk down the shopping center, I see all the food, all the food shining up everywhere. Everyone, wow, it's like three o'clock. I can't believe it. Three more hours, and I couldn't wait. And like I'm ready, I'm the food's ready at six o'clock. Six. Oh, it was hard. One day, not even one day, two meals. But I did two meals. Next time I thought 
I think I did two meals a few times. Then I thought, I'm going to do a whole day. And that was like, what? A whole day without eating? Oh, no. That sounded so hard. A whole day. It's like, miss a whole day. Again, your flesh is, is crying out. Come on. You don't know how much food is enjoyable. It's a, it's a celebration of life. You don't know how much joy it brings to you until you go for a long fast. You've got nothing to look forward to each day. <laughs> Start that, that one day, then do the two day as the Lord leads. Drink lots of water and then check it out for your body. See how much your body can handle, but start somewhere. And again, just one meal is amazing. Two meals, phenomenal. Do a whole day. But I believe, my, I, I, I would say 80% of us could handle a week. I really do believe that. That's my faith. But don't start with a week. Start with something small. Build it up. Build up those steps. And... Um, or do vegetables for three weeks. Try that one. Cook some nice vegetables. But it, you know, it's a good fast. Can we pray? Again, don't just hear this message and say, nah, that's not for me. It actually is for every believer. It's for every disciple. But start somewhere. Take small steps. You'll be surprised. You'll thank the Lord. You'll thank His Word. You'll probably thank me. Thank you for sharing that because it, it really has helped my spiritual walk if you put it into practice. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We submit to your word, even when our flesh is crying out and our flesh is saying no and our flesh says, don't do that, don't go into that fast. Father, we submit to your word. We trust you. What a beautiful, beautiful weapon you put in our hands. Lord, we want to couple prayer and fasting together. And Lord, we want to seek your face. We want to get to know you. We want to clear up the junk, the, the gunk that's in our, in our spirit or in our channel before you, God. And things that are in the way, we want to take it out. Distraction and sin and deception and pride and all these things, Lord. All the stuff that's distracting us, the attention of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. We want to put it all away, Lord. We want to put it to death in our mortal bodies by the power of your spirit. Help us see you as you really are. It'll motivate us to love you and lay down our life for you. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.